Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Hey, Space Family. Welcome back to this week's episode. This should be a fun one. It's a bit different than we usually do. So we're taking in live calls from our Skype, and then we're also going to be listening to some juicy voicemails that have been left, and we're going to be commenting on them. It's been a lot of fun so far. We're thinking about doing this once a month and see how it goes. So don't forget to call in when we post it on Instagram. Hey, Bree. Jamie. Roll the tape. <laughs> There's no tape to roll. Let's pick up the phone. Right? Hey, Bree, pick up the phone. Ooh, Bree, it looks like we have a live call. Let's take it. Hey. Oh, my God. Oh. What's up? I know this is Mike because, you know, I'm psychic. Yes. But why, why, don't you, why don't you tell the audience who you are and what you do? Oh, me? Oh, I'm just a guy. Um, <laughs> my name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of a website. It's called The Great Geek Refuge. Uh, we have podcasts and articles and all sorts of other fun, geeky, nerdy things. You can check us out at greatgeekrefuge.com. Um, our podcast is called GGR Pirate Radio. That's like one of like, I don't know, like 8 million podcasts that we do. You guys have a few. Yeah, we do. We do. The one that is like my baby is... Uh, uh, Stop me if you heard this, which is it's basically like stories behind the scenes of musicians and bands that you like fell in love with. Like I just did one about Nirvana. Um, the one before that was about David Bowie. I did one about Tom Petty. Um, it's just it's like kind of like a fun deep sea dive into all these cool stories that you didn't know about like artists that you love. I like it. Nice. All right. So we have some questions for you. You have questions for me? Okay. I had questions for you. I thought that's what that was my homework. I was ready. Yeah, this is the other way around. Wait, but no, hey. wait, Kate. Let me. Okay, my the audience wants to know if you've ever seen yeah. a UFO. Have you ever seen a UFO? Yeah. Well, there was a time when I couldn't say if I did or not because it was classified what I was doing. Um, but wait, wait, oh, wait classified? What? <laughs> there's there's things there's things that I do or that I did. It was a different time. It was a different place. It was a different mic. But yeah, no, I had a, a job at one point that required a, a clearance. And in this clearance, there were places that we went and we're not supposed to talk about these places. But yeah, I saw some things that could only be described as unidentified flying objects. Wow. You're, we're going to have to talk about this off the record Are one you day. still working there and that's how you found us? Absolutely not. No, because I am working in a regular corporate job that is like in a cubicle. Regular so no. in quotes. Are you sure? Yeah, quote, regular Quotes, job. Regular. Yeah. Where where does your paycheck really come from? I don't want to blow up my, my employer's spot, though. But it's like, it, it's if I told you where I worked, you would be like, oh, that's fucking lame, Mike. So. <laughs> I know where you work. I'll tell Brie later. But I, I know where you work. Yeah, no, it's there's nothing top secret about it. I gave I gave all that sort of stuff up a long time ago. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that was my one question for you. Was, yeah, but, your turn. Okay. Okay. So as so many people on social media love to talk about it seems like there's been so many more celebrities dying lately that we all love which is bullshit because people die and that's what happens so there's always gonna be people dying but like of all the people that have died recently like celebrities so like david bowie is a good example prince is another good example you love hearing these stories where they're like oh i bet you they're not dead they just went home because they're not from the earth they're an alien which of these celebrities that's passed away do you think was actually an alien oh 
Wow, that's really a hard one because I feel like I need the list of everyone who's died in the past like three or four years to really pick it out. I I would think off the top of my head, David Bowie would be one where maybe I don't think he's 100% an alien, Mm -hmm. but like I look at him and I'm like, "Mm, oh yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe not like full-blown alien, but maybe like hybrid a little bit, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and like to be a shameless whore for my products and things that you should listen to, um, I talk about that in my David Bowie episode of Stop Me If You Heard This, um, that he was like way ahead of his time. Like in an interview in like 1998 with the BBC, he's like telling everybody how the internet's gonna fucking change everything. And the BBC guy is like, okay, whatever, David Bowie. He's like, fuck you, no, seriously, like it's gonna change everything. Like musicians won't even be the most important things when it comes to like cutting edge as far as like what's hip and what's not. It's gonna become the internet. And the guy's like, okay, whatever, David Bowie. And like, yeah, like things like that. He was always like way ahead of his time when it came to stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. There could also be a possibility that he's like a deep state government agent and that he just knew all of this information because he was undercover. You know what I mean? And the David Bowie part was like his. Yeah, I was going to say sometimes I'm more inclined to think that people die, but really they're preserved. And especially if they have deep state connections that they can still live on, let's say off planets, opposed to thinking that they're actually an alien. Yeah, so think of kind of maybe like the Matrix a little bit. Like they they take his like sad body that's almost dying and they plug it into the internet and then now (laughs) he lives happily on Mars somewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. There you go. Because, you know, the the withered shell that died of of pancreatic cancer but his genius brain lives on. Yeah, now it makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking at first you guys were going like Walt Disney style where they like chopped off his head and froze it and kept it underneath like the castle in California. So I heard that actually his head is no longer frozen and that it was ruined. Really? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Ah, uh, that's probably bullshit. I've heard that, like, something happened. No, because this, and this is very it's real. Odd. Well, no, no, no. There was, like, a few of these cryogenic, however the fuck you say it, because Lord knows I can't talk. These places, the problem was is that they would run out of money, so they weren't able to keep everyone cold, so a lot of these bodies ended up thawing out and then being ruined. And somebody said that they think that Walt Disney's heads was in one of these companies that went under. I don't buy it. I think that Walt would have bought his own company just to preserve his head because they're filthy rich and they would have kept it going forever. I just picture him, picture him as like a pot roast that was like, you know, it got thawed and then refrozen and thawed and refrozen. It's like, oh, we can't use this now. This is. No, yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. It's, it's past it. Awesome. Then what do they do? I have a feeling that his head is actually frozen in the freezer in Club 33. Oh, shit. Yeah. And when they've had too much to drink, they take it out. They take it like, out hey, and like pop it with hey. it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I figured they made like, like a robot body out of like, like the old animatronic Abraham Lincoln. And he like just greets you when you walk in. I could buy that too and download his consciousness. Yeah, that's into the yeah, robot. that's very much so like um, a lot of Futurama. Oh, I was gonna say Futurama episodes where they have like the dead presidents and they mm. they have like the little like <laughs> robot bodies that come out of the bottom of the head and they yeah, like yeah. walk around and shit. I'm thinking Westworld, but I don't know if you're there yet. But that's I don't the think same I'm there Concept yet. is like downloading consciousness into different AI. I just I love in Futurama that they're using presidents that have long been dead before the concept of like cutting off the head and cryogenically freezing it. I knew I think they're they're one that they always use is Nixon, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Nixon's like this evil dictator. Yeah, exactly. He's got the, the headless body of Spiro Agnew. Yeah, big fan. Yes. The other question that I have for you guys, because let me just okay. by the way, let me applaud you because we shout you guys out all the time on our podcast. But let me applaud you. Oh, thank you, you guys are blowing up. You guys are doing all sorts of cool events and things like I am just super super impressed with all the things you do so like fucking bravo you guys are doing awesome thank you well 
It's kind of it's kind of like an iceberg where on top of the water it's very calm and everything looks great, but <laughs> under the water we're kicking our feet crazily and everything is hectic. <laughs> There's not enough room on the lifeboat. Yeah, no, They're absolutely. like keep going. They're worthless garbage. They were like Just we didn't going. yeah we didn't get the whole entire door from Titanic. We got like a sliver <laughs> of the door and both of us are trying to hang on to it on a two by four. We're yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's here's. Uh, dismembered leg from one of the people that was trying to shovel coal into the engine of the Titanic float on this. She'll be fine. Exactly. But yeah, like I, I totally get that as somebody who does the podcasting and the website thing. Like it's, it's mass chaos. Like you're always, you're trying to do like a million things at one time. And yeah, I, I totally get that. Well, I think people sometimes too don't understand the struggle of the balance of like the podcast and like real life stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because on the podcast, you know, we're in podcast land. But then when we leave podcast land, we have like normal everyday, have to go to work, like bills to pay, chores to do and stuff. And so it's a hard balance sometimes because it's like we want to spend a shit ton of time on the podcast. But then we also don't want to neglect the other things in our real life that we have to do. Okay. No, I, I totally get that. And like. What makes it even worse too is there's a there's a balance of input and output, meaning like yep. if you're, let's like for us we're all we talk a, a, a crap ton about pop culture, so if I haven't watched anything recently or I haven't read any books right. or I haven't gone to the movies, you get to a point where it's just like well I don't have anything else important to say and no one's gonna fucking listen. So like you have to you have to get yep. the input in order to have the output. Absolutely. I just had that conversation with someone a while ago. It's like we spend all of our time trying to build the podcast, but yet if we're not taking the time to consume the information and find stuff out, you know, we have to fill our cup up first before we can, you know, spill it out. So that's definitely yeah. a struggle. Well, especially in our subject, you know, it's we're not dealing with a lot of hard facts Yeah, here. it's not just like things on the news that we come across and we're like, oh, did you hear this? Let's talk about it. You know, yeah. it's deep digging. Yeah, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of work, and it's yeah, it's it's the same thing when you're you're doing like anything that requires research. You almost feel like drained after you're done. You're just like, oh my god, what? I can't do this again for a while. I need a break. <laughs> like it's it it, ta- it 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 takes its toll on you. Well, and it's also a struggle too because I feel like you need to get all this information out in a certain way, but you need to do it in a palatable way where it's not just like you reading from a note card, you know, sounding like robotic. You have to integrate it into like a normal conversation so that people want to listen to it. Exactly. And like if and you have to add something to it. You can't just be Wikipedia essentially because if somebody really wanted to know about the subject, they could read it themselves. So what is it that you're that you're putting to it? What are you giving it that makes it worth listening to that makes it interesting that makes it like something that might be um something somebody would want to subscribe to and listen to and tell all their friends about like what is our secret sauce exactly yeah i have another question i wrote another question down okay one more and then we gotta go i know you guys probably all sorts of people just waiting to talk to you guys um i have a queue of like 87 people (laughs) fucking awesome um what's your favorite conspiracy theory going on right now Ooh. Ooh, going on right now? That's yeah. hard because it's current time. Oh, man. Okay. Um, ooh. Could it be one that we hate? Yeah. I think we're both going to pick the same one. Yeah, it can You can. It can be love to hate. Yeah, of course. I'm going to say it's all the shootings. Yeah, I was going to say the same are... thing. So, like, my least favorite is, like, all these shootings that happen and people are immediately jumping on the conspiracy train. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, let's have some common sense and, like, be respectable of the things that are going on. Yeah, how about, like, five years from now you call conspiracy? But, like, not while it's, like, in the middle of going on and investigations or stuff like there's always weird sketchy shit happening and like let's have a grieving process before we try to like say everything's bullshit 
Yeah, it's hard, especially to be on that side of conspiracy, mm-hmm. you know? People assume that we'd be like, oh, yeah, this is all planned. But then you have to think in the back of your head, at what point are you always jumping to conspiracy and you're not thinking of it from a level-headed perspective? Yeah, because I joke around a lot about things with Brie about conspiracies. Like, something will happen and I will jokingly be like, this is a conspiracy. But then when it comes to something serious like this, I just, I don't understand how people jump on that train. It's like, do you not have anything better to do with your time? Like get out of your mom's basement and like take a walk in the park like get off of the internet call some friends like you know something <laughs> it sounds weird but like when i was when i was studying psychology it, it's an actual thing that people tend to go to the conspiracy theories because it's comforting because we'll use mm-hmm. 9-11 that's far enough away that like you can be reasonably objective about it but people will even though i believe some of the 9-11 conspiracies but like people turn to those Don't immediately because it's it's, it's comforting to think that there's no way that people would want to kill thousands of people for no reason other than their way of life. It, it's comforting to for think sure. that. It's comforting to think that, like, it had to be this big plot this with multiple layers moving around instead of just a bunch of crazy assholes. Like, it's so much more comforting to think that than just the world's fucked up and fucked up shit happens. No, totally. I agree. And I wish, though, that people could have that, but do it in a more considerate and passionate way instead of doing it in such like a rude and inappropriate and like, you know, it just seems so disrespectful to like, you know, the people who were lost. I'm, I'm with you. Right. See, this is why I love you guys, because you are like my favorite podcast other than my own. So. Oh, thank oh, you're you. so sweet. All right, Mike, we're going to get going, but we love you so much. Thank, thank you, you for so calling. much for calling. It's been a pleasure. We think that we might do this like once a month now, yeah. so we'll, we'll see how tonight goes, but we might be talking to you again soon. That, I am super excited. We definitely need to do another team up again and have you guys, uh, or I'm sorry, you ladies. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Have you have a good, good night. Bye, guys. Okay, let's voicemail. Hi there, this is Justin Brown in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. And I just noticed on your Instagram account the uh, Stephen Greer posting of the double golden UFO sighting that they uh, had at their um, CE2 meetings that they do. There was a hotline in the description, so I thought I'd call it with my story. Um, So I was down in Shag Harbor, you know, the scene of the world's only government documented UFO crash in 1967 here in Nova Scotia filming a story about a man who claimed to had seen a sea monster in the area in 1976 with his father and a number of other locals at that time um, and at the end of that shoot for that short film I was sort of about to I decided to take a left turn spontaneously because I thought that there was a big lighthouse down that way and I thought that would make some great b-roll so as I headed down that way I found a very peculiar miniature lighthouse sitting on the top of a crop of rocks over a small body of water so I stopped in there and I launched a drone and I sent the drone up and I got some really great footage of that but when I sent it back to its GPS coordinates for landing um, as I was watching it above me land I noticed I noticed a UFO up there but I, at first I didn't realize what it was. My first thought was, oh, there's a bag. Oh, there's the ping pong ball. And then I was like, well, that's impossible. So I thought, oh shit, there's something weird hovering above me. So luckily for me, I had all my camera gear. So once the drone landed safely, I rented the car, got my telephoto lens. And I managed to zoom in on this craft and get it stabilized on a tripod and got some nice 
HD 1080p footage of this thing floating over top of me. Well, I I know Chris Stiles, the author and researcher of the Shag Harbor incident, who's written um, two books on it, on the subject, and I know the original witnesses to the UFO crash, having spent so many years down this way and going to all the conferences. But I called Chris, and I called uh, Lori Wickens, the original witness to the 67 crash. I called my friend Heather Dowsett, who I just finished a short film making about her, who has had ongoing alien abductions going on in the same area. So you have to understand that this whole area is like a portal zone. And actually, Chris is working on a third book about this whole area. Anyway, when this UFO was over me, um, and I had this thing zoomed in on, on camera, I thought to myself, I've seen UFOs before. I've had these experiences before. No one was convincing me that we weren't interacting with some strange phenomenon or intelligence of some, some kind. But I had seen UFOs before in the past, but this was an affirmation to say, remember... There's something interacting with you that has always coexisted, and it's real. And so no matter how far off you drift in your own personal endeavors of life or family or ego, don't forget that mysteries continue to elude us and are there to continue to be discovered and understood. I had... To be honest, I had a spiritual experience when I saw this thing. That affirmation for me that close seeing what I had seen this thing was a um, a white sphere with an interior blue electric blue center with white spokes in different areas it, it was a spiritual experience for me um, a reminder that yeah this is real this is the closest you've ever come and I, I immediately thought of the famous quote from Frederick Nietzsche that said essentially I'm paraphrasing but when you stare into the abyss the abyss begins to stare back and being in such close contact with Chris and Heather with these productions and now the sea monster, I felt like, oh shit, like now I'm completely implicated and, and involved in this, the ongoing saga of the, the Shag Harbor story of 67 because it's continued all the way through the decades to the modern day, which is what most people don't understand. And Chris's next book will go into that further. Um, and, you know, I just actually entered my short film Rift into the International UFO Congress Film Festival. So hopefully if it gets chosen, you know, this August, it will be in the Film Fest for the 2019 IUFOC in Arizona in September. So hopefully if you see it, you'll see the UFO that I shot that blew my mind. And I think it'll blow your mind too. Um, and if you do see the movie, please vote for that too. Because if it wins the People's Choice Award, then, you know, it will actually bring more focus back to Shag and Chris and his endeavors to keep this story alive. Anyway, um, you have a really fun show. I love your interactions with folks, especially your relationship with Mike Barra, and um, you guys are really fun, and all the best to you, and if you ever want to speak further, please don't hesitate to call me back, and um, just remember, you know, there is something interacting with humanity, and it seems like it always has, and we're, we're still scrambling to understand what it is, and we haven't really got much closer to what it is, but... I think it's more important to think of ourselves as dandelions. You know, we're beautiful flowers that are destined to become seeds that blow off and seed the rest of the cosmos. And I think that's a reminder to keep moving because I think that's what we are. All the best, Justin. 
Where do we even begin with this one? Well, first, that was the coolest call-in we've ever had. I told Brie, like, the minute we received it, I had texted her, and I was like, oh, you gotta listen to this voicemail. That was awesome. Okay, so he sent us a picture of a still of what he saw, and I'm already, like, super blown away by it. It looks almost like, the best way I could describe it is it looks like a sky jellyfish. Okay, so that reminds me of, you know, that setting I always talk about about that was like the best sighting that I had. The one you and Josh had? And even in my MUFON report, I described it when I looked at it with night vision goggles of it being like a sphere, but then when I was able to look at it, it was like a jellyfish. That's like the exact words that I used. So can we now rename UFOs sky jellyfish? (laughs) Do you think it'll... (laughs) Jelly balls. It'll be uh, SJ. I saw an SJ. Oh, it's too... It's... It's it's too generic. It's too Ugh. bland. It doesn't have enough it has to jelly be, jizz. It ha- oh, okay. Sky jelly jizz. Yeah, I like that one okay. better. So, first of all, I'm super interested to see his movie. So, you know, it's not going to be released into the public until December, but I think me and Brie are going to get a little sneak peek of it in private, but I'm not 100% sure on that yet. Well, I would love to. I would love to watch it. I'd love to support it. Anything that we could do, it sounds like it's going to be an awesome film and that he's very knowledgeable on what he's researching, which I think is a plus, too. I think some people just jump into doing... UFO documentaries to figure out, are these people crazy? And that doesn't sound like the case, which immediately grabs my attention. Yeah. So when, you know, we get closer to the date of it being put out by the film festival, we'll definitely link it on our page and everything and let you guys know where you guys can go watch it and vote. I think collectively, the Tatiwaba like army, we might be able to get enough votes in where we might be able to swing this and like win. You know what I'm saying? So like, let's all vote. We'll figure it out. We'll post links and we'll just like mash that like button. I feel you. And you know, my favorite part is that it turned total spiritual. Because I think when people have serious experiences, it always turns spiritual. Always. I'm not going to say that yours doesn't count if it's not spiritual, but I feel like it reaches another level when you reach that type of awareness. Well, I think that there's a difference between like seeing a UFO and seeing a UFO. The spirituality aspect of it is definitely, I think, what makes the difference between those two. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I saw a UFO. And then there's like, I saw a UFO. You know what I mean? People just approach it different ways. Someone's like, oh yeah, I saw some weird shit in the sky, whatever. And then other people are like, you guys, I had like a moment. My life has changed. Not saying that those two different views are bad or any means. We all have our own experiences, but there's definitely two different versions of that. It sounds like he had a major reality check when you have that type of deep, deep, deep awareness in you. And it's, I'm looking at something that obviously is looking back at me. So we're acknowledging each other. This has always been here. This will always be here. And we're so caught up and consumed in our everyday lives that we don't look at the bigger picture. That there are other beings which would change our world. They're obviously looking after us. It's a weird exchange and it creates a lot of excitement in the seeker that's trying to figure out a larger truth. And I think when it awakens that into people is when you really start to dig into the nature of reality. All right, let's listen to another voicemail. Uh, Hi, Jamie and Bree. This is, I guess I'm just going to call myself Marex on the radio. But anyways, this is me just talking about one of those times that something mysterious to me happened. Believe it or not, happened, I believe, last night at around 3 or 4 a.m. And all of a sudden, I woke up feeling cold like I had so many times before. And then, 
out of nowhere, I heard a voice that said, look up, but in my head. So I turned around to the windowsill and looked, and out of nowhere, I saw a ship that I recognized, kind of your typical flying saucer, but it was brown and white, and then like a more high-tech version with like multicolored lights that seemed to correspond with whatever emotion the entity was feeling speaking to me. I had been asking so times for a sign that they were there. It's around my birthday, by the way, <laughs> about this time. Anyways, and I heard a voice say telepathically, we are here for you, and we are here to... And then it said, like, now go to bed or something like that. And then I watched one zoom kind of off, one cloak itself, and then go off. And then I abruptly fell asleep again. So I don't know if that was a dream or not, but that's just my experience. Love to hear more about your guys' in the future. So that's all. Bye for now. All right, so that was our listener, one of our younger listeners. Her name is Michaela Rex. We've actually interviewed her before. We met her at AlienCon, and she was just giving you guys a little bit of a story of something that happened to her the other night. Honestly, this sounds so typical of, like, a lot of things I hear about abductions when people are like, I was dead asleep, and then all of a sudden I was woken up for no reason, and I either felt hot or I felt cold or I felt a certain way, and then I looked out my window and saw something. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean abduction. I like that she's like, they're here, and I don't know if it was a dream or not, because most of the time I think it is, but that doesn't mean that it's not a real experience. I would not assume that would be like an abduction as much as a poke on the shoulder. Oh, absolutely. I'd say this is definitely more of like a maybe a contact, maybe like a checking in, seeing how you're doing. But I agree with you on the part where she says, you know, I didn't know if it was a dream or not, which I think we've talked about pretty heavily in the past few episodes. There's this distinction between like abductions and contact happening like in real life, like physically, or, you know, happening on some fourth dimension level inside of your dream time and things like that. So I think it's cool that she had said she didn't know which one it was because it's probably a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Absolutely. A little bit of a rip and tear between the third and the fourth. It's fascinating. Thank you for telling us your story. Absolutely. Oh my God, Brie, we have another live call. Okay, take it. Hi. Hello. Who are we speaking to? My name is Andy. (gasps) Oh. The Andy? The Andy? Well, we have a listener named Andy and we talk about her all the time. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not that Andy. Just kidding. Sorry. No, (laughs) we're glad you called in. Thank you. I'm big fans. Oh my God. Thank you. Do you have a UFO story for us? Well, I do see like an occasional orb in my neighborhood, but not so much like, you know, like where it's a definite UFO-y kind of thing, but just those kind of strange little quiet floating orbs. Okay. And do you believe in aliens? Yeah. Yes, I do. Sure. I mean, our universe is endless. So and we're not the only people here. Absolutely. Okay. So when was the first time that you've ever seen one of these orbs? Oh, well, I mean, I, I can sit in my backyard and kind of see them every once in a while. Sometimes I see them out in my front yard. They just kind of float on by, you know, they're kind of quiet and they're definitely not an airplane or even a drone because you can't hear it or a helicopter or anything like that. It's just like this quiet floating ball and it just kind of floats away. So there's no reason or understanding of it. It's just like a neat thing. 
Do you have any thoughts to why you see UFOs in your backyard occasionally? I don't, actually. No. Well, have you had any experiences of your own or maybe any dreams? I did have one really weird dream not that long ago. And I guess it's almost like maybe a little bit of sleep paralysis where I felt like I was awake, but I couldn't move. And I was looking at my, you know, my bedroom window and I have shutters and I could see lights through the shutters. And then I just felt like I couldn't move. And I just stared at the shutters and the lights, the colors of the lights changed. And then I woke up almost like I felt like I woke up and it was, there was nothing there. So I don't know if it was a dream or if it was, I don't know, one of those things, but I've never, I personally have never experienced a feeling of sleep paralysis, like where I was awake and I felt like I couldn't move. Sometimes I have these like weird dreams where I see spiders or something like that, but never anything where I couldn't move. So it was a little bit scary, but weird. (laughs) Wow. I like it. That's very interesting. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Andy. We love you and we hope you have a really good rest of your night, okay? Thank you, guys. I'm a super big fan. Thanks for taking your fan calls. Super cool. Thank Thank you, Andy. Have a good night. (laughs) Okay, bye. Let's listen to another voicemail. Bonjour tout le monde. Je m'appelle Matt Tiller for Realer. What is up? Anyways. Um, I'll tell you about the first time I ever had a sighting. I was 12 years old, walking to a friend's house in my neighborhood. I lived in a big neighborhood, hundreds of homes. Uh, it's a suburb of Nashville, Tennessee. Let's see, the uh, year was 1991, the month of May. Beautiful weather that day. Sunny, about four o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm walking to a friend's house, maybe about half a mile away. And, um, as I'm walking up the street, this uh, metallic, grayish, bluish object appeared um, in my like, line of sight, probably about 800 feet away and about 150 yards above the ground. I mean, maybe 200. Maybe not even that. Might have been 125 yards. I mean, it wasn't very high above the ground at all. It really wasn't very far away. <laughs> the shape was sort of ovalish and sort of triangulish at the same time. I still have difficulty drawing or describing the shape. Anyways, um, it entered maybe about 20 miles an hour and just, you know, stopped and hovered there motionless for a long time. So I'm going through the, you know, my Rolodex of knowable knowledge trying to figure out what this is. So. I knew it was not a remote control airplane. I knew it was not an airplane. I knew it wasn't a helicopter. So the only thing I could understand at the age of 12, or you know, at the the age I was, with the technology we had, and with the knowledge I had at that time, I reasoned it was a Harrier jet. I did not know at the time that Harrier jets make a ton of noise, and this thing made no noise. So eventually it, came forward a little bit and did like this turnaround, like a circle, but without not facing me, like it faced me the entire time, like the same way, and did this little circle turnaround, and then it went off in a different direction at the same speed, about, you know, 20 or 25 miles an hour, and it wasn't like abrupt, it just went on its way, and then floated out of the horizon, floated away, so 
That's it. All right, man. That was my one time. There are other times. Maybe I'll tell you later. Uh, good luck with your show. I love you guys. Be at peace. All right, so that voicemail was from Matt telling us about the first time he saw something. Very interesting. I feel like a lot of people always say that maybe one of their first sightings is they just see something weird in the sky. So it's cool to be like, you know, he was like walking and he saw some shit and like he didn't like immediately freak out or anything. He just kind of observed it. And I thought that was kind of cool. I just have to say that you have excellent attention to detail. Oh, and absolutely. that you remember that. Very detail oriented, which I also really, really like. Back in 1942. Well, that's, I think... That's an excellent quality to have. I wish that I paid more attention to that because, you know, sometimes you're just like, I think, I don't know, it was, you know, when I was little and this happened. And it's very cool that you remember all of that. I definitely can say that not one UFO experience could I tell you what day exactly it was, what the weather was like, or at what distance it was at. Agree. I'm not like, I'm not like mathematical like that though. Some people really are and they see proportions and they see it. It's definitely not something that I have. Um, If you guys want to check out more from Matt, he does have a YouTube channel and a website, tillerforriller.com and tillerforriller on YouTube. So go check him out, you guys. He is an excellent writer and he has a really cool YouTube. He's a great guy. Thank you so much, Matt, for calling in. We Absolutely. really appreciate that. We love to hear from you. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our, you know, live call-ins and voicemails for the night. Anything else you want to add, Bree? Anything you want to talk about? I love talking with everyone and hearing your voicemails. I would love to hear from more of you. I know a lot of you people reached out to us and for some reason were unable to get were unable to get to us at this time. So like I said, I think we'll start doing this maybe once a month and I hope that the rest of you that would love to share your stories will set that time aside because we would love to share them with the rest of the world. Absolutely. Thanks you, you know, for everyone who's calling in, but I do want to shame someone. Yeah. Uh, I do want to shame someone. I I want to shame Bobby from Not For Everyone's podcast who told me that he would get really high and call in with a bunch of theories and then did not call in and then didn't and then also ignored my text messages. So I'm going to say the shameful alien of the week is Bobby and you are going to hold this crown until you make it up to me. Let's get into our shout outs. We have Anthony, Brandy, Destiny. J plus who is at the Kurt Army on Instagram. Matt Tiller at Tiller for Riller on YouTube. And we have Bobby from at Not For Everyone podcast. Rod. Scotty. Dylan. Simon. Vanessa. AP. And last but not least, Jan from the Good, the Bad, and the Just Plain Standard podcast. If you guys want to get a hold of us, shoot us an email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at that one time I was abducted. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and all social media platforms. And make sure you guys check out our Patreon if you feel like giving us a dollar a month. Patreon.com slash that one time I was abducted by aliens. And then if you guys want, call into our hotline and leave us a message. You could tell us a story. You could just say what's up. You know, whatever's on your mind. Think of us as like your digital alien therapist hotline and just call us with your stories. And the phone number is 408-320-8481. You know what? Usually at the end of these episodes, I do a fuck you Mountain View, California. But I think on this very special episode, I'm going to do a fuck you Bobby. So can you do it with me? Fuck you, Bobby. Be at peace. (laughs) 
Shame. 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 We need shame. a little shame. Like, shame. 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 <laughs> shame. 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 <laughs> and the shittiest Patreon of the week <laughs> goes to Bobby. Bobby. <laughs>